0: Thanks for tuning in to the Mystic Witch Halloween Special. I'm your host, Blue, and you can find out more about me at BlueJuneTarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Hey, Mystic Witches. Today, we'll be talking about The Thinning Veil with our guest, Lisa Stardust. But before I introduce her, I just wanted to explain what this term means and some of the science behind it. We all hear this term a lot at this time of year, but what does it actually mean? A lot of people lack a true understanding of what the veil is and what it means when we say it's thinning. The Celtic-derived term Samhain is the one we use most often today to describe this time of year. But this sort of celebration of the dead is prevalent in nearly every culture all over the world. This particular term refers to a time of year when we reap the harvest of the crops we've sown before they begin to die off in the dark months. The veil itself is a difficult thing to explain in true terms due to its vague nature and also because it's actually just an illusion. There isn't a physical veil or a wall as we know time is not linear neither are the boundaries between realms they occur in the same place at the same time and so we all stumble onto this border between the living and spirit at some point in our lives We can connect to this energy sometimes accidentally by simply crossing paths with the dead. We feel its intensity during ceremonial magic when we call upon the spirits, many readers connect with it in their daily practice, and there is an especially heightened sense of it, particularly around the fall, as the natural world withdraws from the realm of life and growth and moves into a season of death. Spirit-related experiences are therefore more frequent during this time and we can see more clearly from our realm of the living while it mirrors the other side. This may sound very supernatural, but it is in fact the most natural thing in the world to have these experiences. There is nothing evil in it at all and nothing to be feared of the veil on its own because everything in the universe moves in cycles and death is just as natural and beautiful as birth. You may have heard me say before that everything in my practice and study as a mystic and as a witch always comes back to energy, and that's all that spirits are. We know that energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it does transmute regularly. An example of this would be our own energy field, or our aura. Uh, This is constantly shifting. And the idea that human consciousness lives on after death has been put forward by a number of well-respected scientists, such as British physicist Sir Roger Penrose, who believes that our consciousness is stored at a subatomic quantum level and carries on with it the soul's energy after our passing. We live in a time period in which veils are naturally thinning due to the ongoing ascension process and the incredible influxes of plasma light. Plasmas are the most common form of matter, not really considered a gas, liquid, or solid, but its own fourth state of matter, encompassing more than 99% of the space in the visible universe. Plasma permeates the entire solar system as well as the interstellar and intergalactic environments. When we are observing the Milky Way, we are seeing this luminous sphere of plasma that are held together by their own internal magnetic fields. The nearest visible luminous sphere of plasma to the Earth is the sun. An unexpected component in something we relate to as dark, the sun plays a large role in the thinning of the veil the Sun's rapidly changing plasma movement in the core of the Sun produces a magnetic field that fills the solar atmosphere plasma often behaves like a gas that it conducts electricity and is affected by magnetic fields which interact with these same elements on the earth and in our bodies think of your blood this energy is triggering more and more people to awaken at a higher consciousness connecting to their psychic abilities and experiencing heightened sensitivities as more people experience the beginning stages of of ascension across the planet and begin to stand in the empowerment, the faster that that thinning of the veil accelerates. There are other liminal times or places where we may experience the veil to be thinner. Periods of time, such as the witching hour, 3 a.m., we find that spirit activity is heightened at this time. The veil is also thinner during twilight hours, like dawn or dusk, as well as other times of the year, such as Beltane or Passover. Locations like sites where juxtaposing elements meet, such as shorelines, or places where natural energy is being generated by, say, a waterfall or a volcano. We also see the effects of heightened activities in locations of immense social calamity. Even you personally can experience a thinner veil at different times, where you can see more easily and connect to the other side, such as times when your mind and body are quiet and relaxed, when you're going through a big transition in life, or even around the time of losing a loved one. When you consciously direct your attention towards the realms of spirit, you'll likely have experiences where you glimpse beyond the veil. These glimpses, spiritual experiences, whether they happen spontaneously or form consciously, working towards opening your psychic abilities, it attunes your energy to spirit. An anchor spirit to the physical further, peeling back the veil of illusion and freeing your conscious awareness. As more and more individuals wake up and experience beyond the veil, this gradually and yet consistently thins the veil on a collective scale. Our guest today is Lisa Stardust. She's a New York City-based astrologer who is known for her pop culture horoscopes. An organic approach to creating personal magic, you will find her frequently using herbalism in her magic. Stardust acts as a guide for clients to help navigate them through finances, relationships, and other important facets of life. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So the topic today is the thinning veil. What can you tell us about the veil in association with astrology? And, you know, what is is the time the veil is the most thin, according to astrologers?
1: Um, So the thinning of the veil is always a time between fall and winter on the hollows' eve. And that basically is the witch's holiday of Sam Samween, Samheem. And basically what happens is, you know, energies are colliding. We're at the crossroads between two seasons and the harvest is done. So what happens here is, you know, the hours we get darker earlier in the day, we begin to turn the clocks back. And basically, the harvest is done, and now winter is approaching. When we have this energy happen, basically, we can feel a lot of the energetic shifts between the spiritual and the material world, and we can all feel the energy between us as, you know, we can connect with the spirits and our ancestors more. Um, I actually was reading an article the other day And they were talking about how, you know, back in the day, they used to have all of these feasts and leave a chair empty for an ancestor to come and visit. And how when they had, you know, trick-or-treating, it was basically, you know, they would sing to the dead to basically protect them from mischievous fairies from approaching in Celtic folklore. So I thought that was pretty cool, but it's just a reminder on Halloween that, you know, it is a time when you know spirits are wandering around it's you know the day before Dia de los muertos starts which is a very wonderful Mexican holiday about connecting to your ancestors and it's a time of the year where we can feel the energetic shift between worlds and we can basically remember the past with love and praise and sentiment in astrology they say that the most um the most the most potent time is at the 15th degree of Scorpio and the 15th degree of Scorpio actually has its own significance and the significance behind it is it is considered to be an independent scheming quarrelsome type of energy one does not hesitate to embark on dangerous adventures which brings about in failure and ruin interesting But it's said that during this time, the veil is the thinnest in astrology. Um, And the Sabian image is on the seashore, birds of prey chase away a wolf, which tries to get near a carcass. So it's really interesting how I would say everything is just about protecting yourself from, like, the energies.
0: Well, we also wanted to discuss the scariest time of all, Mercury retrograde. <laughs> that starts on Halloween, right? Yes. What can you tell us to expect in that time? Um,
1: so Mercury retrograde. Mercury has been uh, retrograde. Three, Mercury goes retrograde three times a year. This is the third and final time of 2019. Mercury, you know, I said Mercury retrograde before because as astrologers, once the shadow periods start, which is the time before Mercury retrograde, I mean, I technically consider that the retrograde too, because it's an energetic shift for sure. I was actually born during the pre-retrograde shadow, which... Occurred this, well, I wasn't born this year, but when I was born, I was born during the pre retrograde shadow. So it doesn't really affect me majorly, but a lot of people start to feel the energetic shift and the meltdowns with information, transportation, and technology. This year, the pre retrograde shadow occurred on the 11th of October. And will last until Mercury turns retrograde on the 31st. And then, you know, we also have the post-retrograde shadow, which is considered retro-shade. And that happens between the 20th, when Mercury goes direct again, of November, the 20th of November, to the 7th of December. So those two weeks are going to be retro-shade hell, as they like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately Um, this year Mercury goes, you know, turn leaves turns direct at the 16th degree of Scorpio. And that actually is one degree away from the 15th degree that we just spoke about how it's the most like transformative, like evocative, mysterious time. And what's going to happen here is You know, the veil will be really thin and we are going to start to see a lot of information coming at us and a lot of psychic downloads. Don't forget, Scorpio is a mute sign, um, meaning that it doesn't like to communicate verbally. A lot of the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, they are more emotional and intuitive rather than intellectual. Not to say that they're dumb because... A lot of Scorpios, a lot of Cancers, and a lot of Pisces are probably the most innovative, imaginative, and knowledgeable people in the world. I'm just using this as an example because water doesn't really there's not a lot of sound in water. You can't hear underwater. So think of it that way, you know, versus like you can hear when you're on air and land. Um so Scorpio is a mute sign because it's intuitive. It's a water sign, it's a fixed water sign. It's intuitive. It's not a big communicator. Um, A lot of the times when we see people who have Mercury and Scorpio, they're more of like the knowledgeable investigators who can kind of solve problems and puzzles really fast and know the BS right away. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like the BS detectors, Um, you know, and a lot of the times, you know, they are a little bit more able to outfox and outwit every other sign because they know the bottom line. Also, Mercury in Scorpio is very transformative, and it likes to really kind of understand information from all different directions. When Mercury is retrograde in Scorpio, you know, what happens is there's a little bit of confusion around our intuition or the downloads that we receive, or quite possibly it can go the other way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, retrogrades aren't necessarily bad they're unpredictable so we can't predict how it's going to affect people you know the one thing that we can see for sure is that you know we're going to sort of see like shit's gonna get real basically (laughs) to sum it up and we're going to basically begin to like see a change in the way that we feel about situations we're going to evolve. We might end things. We might get back together with people. I think right now the key word is transformation and evolution. I know I use those words a lot in my horoscopes, but right now the key is we're going back in time. We're reassessing things and relationships And the way that we handle money and the way that we process information. And we're really seeing things from a different perspective. Some maybe it's the good, the bad, and the ugly right now. (laughs) As I would say.
0: So what other spooky transits are coming up? Well, I mean, we just had the really big
1: new moon in Scorpio today. It's actually literally just happened, I think, like an hour ago. Yeah, as we're Um, recording. (laughs) I think that that's probably a really big transit that's basically affecting everyone's energy. Um, A lot of people are just simply exhausted today, you know, because once again, Scorpio is a water sign, and it's a very heavy energy. So a lot of people are just really feeling kind of like emotionally knocked out or just tired, You know, or just their frustrations are at a high. I was driving around Manhattan yesterday, and there was so much traffic and people yelling at each other. And I was (laughs) like, that's very, like, Scorpio, like, new moon energy. Like, passions are high. People just, you know, like... Lots of traffic, lots of people going in like different directions. And I really equated all of that energy with the new moon and Mercury retrograde happening this week just because it's so literal, you know, <laughs> like people yeah. bumping into each other, not paying attention, not apologizing, and people just like honking horns on the street in like clusters, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that once again, it is really about how we sort of handle you know, the energy and how we deal with it just because Scorpio is such a sign that really, really forces us to basically, like, dig deep within and, like, suss out how we, like, handle the process information. So I think that it is a very explorative and intuitive-based energy that we're all feeling right now. People are really tired just because, you know, Scorpio a lot of these times when we have these luminaries and water signs, water signs, like they can make us feel a little bit sluggish and exhausted, you know, just because water signs kind of like to nest and like hang out and like, you know, like cuddle in like our little cocoons. Um, (laughs) You know, my progressed Mercury is in Cancer and, you know, a lot of my progressions are in Cancer and in Taurus. And I just kind of like to you know, be cancerian and kind of like rest and relax. And I have a lot of Scorpio placements in my chart, which is about kind of just like, leave me alone. I'm going to like take care of like my, you know, of my like my zone and like kill myself and, you know, be a chameleon and the Phoenix rising from the ashes.
0: Yes. Phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> it's like my favorite metaphor right now <laughs> crazy that you said that. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for your time today. And um, I just wanted to let everyone know that Lisa Stardust and Blue June Tarot are going to be doing a giveaway on the first day into Mercury Retrograde, not October 31st, but November 1st. So stay tuned for that. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, that's all I mean to speak. It's going to be really
1: intense, so just really be easy on yourself. And also, like, take a break, and if you can, just, like, you know, try to, like, you know, you don't really work on yourself and heal yourself. You don't really always have to have the right answer, and you don't always have to win every argument.
0: <laughs> that is true. Thank you, Lisa.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Stay mystic, which is... Be sure to subscribe to Mystic Witch on any of your favorite platforms. And you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our Patreon page. Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast.